2: The key for me was taking a break and taking a step back and taking a deep look inside. And what is it that thing that gets me excited? What is that one thing that even if I don't get paid for it, I'm going to do anyway, because I love it so much. I think that was a key to finding what I really wanted for myself. And just, I mean, there's a lot of work to do when it comes to mindset, when it comes to personal development. But always keeping going at it and being persevering, like not giving up because you don't see anything happening. Because again, I've been planting seeds for all my life. Now people may see like, oh, Myra came out of nowhere and has this business. Like, no, I didn't come out of nowhere. <laughs> I've been hustling all my life. And every single time I made a mistake or I committed a failure or I jumped into another business and failed, I learned something and I gained something. <laughs>
0: You're listening to Yo Quiero Dinero, a personal finance podcast for the modern Latina. I'm your host, Janice Torres, award-winning Latina personal finance expert. I didn't always have my financial shit together, but when I started looking for POC-friendly personal finance podcasts, I couldn't find any. And so Yo Quiero Dinero was born. On this show, I'll show you how to make dinero, how to keep your dinero, and most importantly, how to make it grow. Each week, I'm connecting you with the most brilliant minds in the world of money and business, so you can learn about investing, entrepreneurship, and building wealth. The best part? I'm dishing up all this knowledge with a sassy side of sazon, so if you're ready to be poderosa with your dinero, you've come to the right place. Let's dive in. Before we hop into today's conversation, I want to remind you to follow us on social. If you're loving this podcast and you want more community, you want to find out more about our events and all the stuff that we have going on behind the scenes, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and everywhere else you love to hang out on the internet. If you're loving this podcast, please take a moment to leave us a review if you listen to us on Apple. It's the easiest way to share our podcast with people that you know and love, and it helps us get discovered by amazing listeners like you. So take a moment, leave us a review, share us with your friends and family, subscribe so that you never miss an episode, and make sure to check out our blog, YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com, where you can sign up for our email list and you'll never miss an episode. Plus, you get exclusive invitations to our live events, special discounts for our digital courses, and as always, our best personal finance tips and advice to help you be poderosa with your dinero. Thanks for listening. Now, let's get into the episode. Myra, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here, a fellow Boricua who is out here killing it in the entrepreneurship game. Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Absolutely. Okay. So let's start off with an introduction. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do.
2: Okay. Uh, Well, my name is Myra. I am a Boricua. I was born in New Jersey, but I moved to Puerto Rico at seven years old. I grew up there until I was 29. I moved to Buffalo 12 years ago, and I've been here ever since. I am an entrepreneur at heart, as many of you know. And yeah, that's like summary. Tell us about your company. So my company is Healthy Recon. That kind of started as a passion project that I didn't know I wanted. I started with a nutrition dork, and many know about that. I started more for myself, wanting to learn more about nutrition and the food and how that affects our own health. Having a lot of health issues in my early 20s, I just got really, really interested in nutrition. And that's hence the name Nutrition Dork. Throughout my journey and being Puerto Rican and living in the States, I couldn't find healthy seasonings that would fit my needs. that didn't have like any of the crap that most of the stuff I was finding in stores. So I made my own and... I started sharing on social media to soon find out that I wasn't alone. There was many people like me out there looking for seasonings like this.
0: I love the fact that this entire idea came from a personal struggle, right? Where you just identify a need in the market that is not being fulfilled. And so you decide to step in. And that's one thing that I want folks to understand. Like this is literally how businesses are built. It's literally you find something that somebody is not doing. That's a problem, not just for yourself but then for a group of people and you turn that into a product or a service. And that's exactly what you did. So when you first started out this idea, right, when you start making your own seasoning blends, your sassons, your adobos, things like that, did you ever have the idea like in the beginning that this would be a business or this was just something that you were doing for yourself? So funny enough, no,
2: I was doing it for myself. I was really focusing on becoming a health coach and helping other people, through autoimmune symptoms, and by sharing on social media some of the Puerto Ricans food that I was making and how was I making them healthier, people were interested. They were asking me, Maida, how are you making it? What are you doing?" So I started writing my recipes. From that, it turned into a little cookbook. Okay, I'll share in a Facebook group because people just wanted to know more. And it wasn't until I joined a program for entrepreneurs that we were challenged to create a physical product. And I'm like, okay, well, being in the service space, what product can I put out there? And adobo and sazón was like that ding. That kind of, I'm like, oh, adobo and sazón, what about that? So I actually asked people if that was something that they were interested in. And yeah, they were.
0: And so this was in a Facebook group initially where you were polling people to so what they wanted to see?
2: Basically, yeah. Just my own personal Facebook and a Facebook group.
0: And I'm curious, what were you doing like for your day job? Are you a marketing person? Do you work in like product development? Like, What's your background?
2: I am not. Funny enough, I have an associate's degree in civil engineering that I never pursued. (laughs) (laughs) I've worked in offices all my life as receptionist and office clerk and things like that. And then my current position as a customer service, but no entrepreneurship background, no nothing. I think it just comes naturally to me because I feel like I was born an entrepreneur.
0: Yeah. As many Puerto Ricans I think would say. Like I really don't know anybody who's Puerto Rican who doesn't have a side hustle. I feel like it's in our blood to just always be figuring out el joseo as they say. So, tell me when you got that first like I want to buy this from you message and how did you react and how did you actually like start building this business to the point where now if I'm not mistaken, you're going to be doing this full time. You put in your resignation letter. Correct yeah all right. so tell me about those initial that first sale. How did you build up to that point? It was really interesting because I
2: was struggling as an entrepreneur for a while where once you beat up for a little bit, your your confidence goes down right like, oh, what the heck am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing. So when I put the whole adobo and sa idea right there, like it really surprised me that people wanted to buy it so because they were asking, I'm like,' all right, y'all better put pr- your money where your mouth is, right, and I'm going to develop it.' And you're all better by it. I don't know. I guess that was just my mindset, right? Like, okay, I'll do it for you. So I I did the whole first badge. I trusted my gut, I guess, and put it all together. And I sold out like so quick. And I'm like, wow, people actually bought it. That would be awesome. You know, people did put their money where their mouth was. (laughs)
0: but you know, there's a message here, right? Because you already knew that you had an interested community in what you're selling. And I think that's something that's really important for new entrepreneurs to understand. You don't build the product and then find people to sell it to. You actually have to build the community first, and then you launch the product. Because at that point, like you're almost guaranteeing sales because people have been following your journey. They're already invested in what you're doing. And then when you offered a product that they've been hearing about, that you've been teasing for a while, like it makes so much sense, right? Where they've already bought in. And I think what happens for a lot of people often is like there's come up with a brilliant service or the product, but they haven't told anybody about it. They haven't polled anybody about it. They haven't created any community or any kind of movement around it. And then it goes out into the world and then it's crickets and you're like, well, what the fuck? So building that interested pool of people in the product that you want to sell, like I think that's key. And so I think that's exactly why you were successful. Okay. So you have this first run, you sell out what's next, right? Because now you guys are thinking about how do I actually like scale this? How do I make this a sustainable business? How do I do this while I'm working a full-time job and you're also a mom? So what does that next step look like? That next scaling process look like?
2: Quite honestly, I feel like I dived head in without even looking if there's rocks underneath. (laughs) With the money that I made in the first sale, I... Put it back into the business. I ordered more seasonings, started making more jars. And mind you, we were at a facility like blending seasonings and just jarring products by hand. And I go ahead and like start sending it to people and, <laughs> and start sending it to influencers. And the way that people reacted to this was just mind blowing. Like I sold out and I couldn't find Anato anywhere, I had to put all these people like on hold and say, like, I, mean, I know that you paid for this, but it's going to take a couple of weeks. So I was definitely not ready. But by communicating with people what I was doing, okay, you know, Anato is coming for the song, You just got to wait for a little bit. And I think just being real with people really helped during that process of not having it together. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can't even imagine, you know, I feel like Whether you're selling a service or a product, there is always going to be some sort of capacity issue. If you're selling a service and you're just booking too many sales calls or whatever the hell – you're going to get to a point where you can't take anymore, And the same way with products, you can get to a point where you have supply chain issues or you just don't have the time to manufacture or you can't find enough people to work for you or whatever. There's so many things that can happen. And rolling with the punches and being flexible and like you said, communicating with people so that you set expectations, I think that's so important because that's what ends up building that trust that then results in people being repeat customers. Okay, so I would love to know, from a logistical perspective, what platform did you decide to use for this e-commerce brand? Did you go with Shopify? Did you go with something else? And tell me kind of the reasons why. Did you have some sort of mentorship or something that led you to that decision?
2: I did not have much help. I honestly started with what I had, which was PayPal. PayPal was my friend for a while. I basically just took orders through messaging pay me via PayPal and send me your address and I'll send it to you. So I didn't have any sort of platform because I had a blog that Nutrition Dork had already started. I basically activated the WooCommerce and the website and then started selling through there and still getting payment via only PayPal. Like I didn't have any other ways. And then after I feel like a year in it, I decided to hire like a web designer and redesign like, because I was still using com slash HealthyReacon for a while. So then I decided to, no, healthy HealthyReacon des- demands its own domain, have its own website. So I hired somebody to use WooCommerce. And you're still using that today? I'm still using that today. I'm pretty happy with WooCommerce. I haven't experimented with Shopify. So if it works, we'll fix it.
0: That's interesting. Okay, so WooCommerce, for those who don't know, is a plugin that is associated with the WordPress platform, which is the platform that is the most commonly used platform for blogs. And that's the platform that I used to teach in my Jumpstart Your Blog Bootcamp. So if you ever had a question of whether you can have an e-commerce component as part of a WordPress blog, the answer is yes. You can absolutely use WooCommerce, or you can use something like Shopify, which also has a plugin that integrates into WordPress, and then you can have your e-commerce portion of your website that way. So. I love that you have the idea to hire out help to kind of take your business to the next level. And I think that's something that a lot of people hesitate about, especially in the beginning of their business, because they're not necessarily sure if the investment is going to be worth what you're going to pay for. How did you know that it was time to make that investment? Like what was the thought process behind it?
2: I think once I started getting consistent sales, that was like the indicator. Okay, you have to invest in this. Healthy Recon has become its own brand. People are starting to recognize it. They can't just keep going to nutritiondork.com. The consistent sales was
0: it for me. Got it. So you had the proof of concept and you felt confident that making that investment was going to be a good long-term investment because you saw that this was something that was not a one-time success. I want to talk more about your decision to send your products to influencers, right? Because that's definitely an interesting approach for marketing. First off, how did you decide to do that? And how did you decide who to work with? Because as we know, not every influencer is created equal. Right.
2: Right. So for me, it was actually very innocent when it first happened. And from that experience, I feel like I kind of learned how to reach out to influencers and, you know, and not make it like super salesy. You can't just approach somebody like, hey, I'm going to send you my product so you can promote it. Like, that's not it. So for me, I have a funny story. So I was watching Cooking con Omi on a video and she was making habichuelas and She was using turmeric instead of sazón because she was going through like a health lifestyle change and whatnot. And I'm over here like, why are you using that? Like, why are you not using my sazón? So I messaged her like very innocently, like, hey, I have this sazón, you know, if you want to try instead of turmeric. It has turmeric. It's salt free. So I sent it to her and I didn't know, like I completely forgot that I sent that. And that's when that whole mess that I told you about earlier happened where when she shared and she posted in her stories, I couldn't keep up
0: with demand. (laughs) That's definitely a good problem to have. (laughs) Okay. So you have this viral sensation that happens because you send your product to an influencer. So what does that look like from a logistical perspective now? Like how does that work? Because I'm sure there's other business owners that are listening to this podcast that would love to know, like, how can I do that too? So what would be your advice?
2: I guess it depends on where you're at in your business. So if you can keep up with the demand and you have like a whole bunch of inventory, definitely start making those relationships. Again, don't be super salesy or anything, you know, just leave it up to them. If they like the product, let them reach out back to you and say like, hey, I love your product. I want to work with you. That's the way that has worked for me. But yeah, you definitely should be prepared and have like a game plan. If they do reach out to you and say, yes, I want to work with you, you have to have the inventory, you have to have the monetary piece of it too, whether you're paying in advance or if you're going to give them some sort of commission for every sale, like you need to be ready for
0: that. That's one of the things that I always tell people, like don't ask to go viral if you don't have the infrastructure to support what that can actually turn into, whether that is you having an email list for folks to get on because you went viral on TikTok, or you have a sufficient amount of inventory to sell because your product went viral on a Facebook group or something. So always make sure you have the infrastructure to support virality before you ask for that shit. (laughs) Otherwise, all you're going to have is a website that's crashing and no products to sell. And I have another story about that. (laughs) Go for it.
2: After the Omi incident, I feel like a year later when we were already like more consistent and making moves, I think at this point I was already looking into a co-packer to do everything for me. I went viral on TikTok and I was out of town when that happened. So besides not having all the inventory to support the sales, my website crashed because I was still using Nutrition Dork that wasn't ready and capable, which also led me to get the website designer to redesign a whole healthy vegan platform that can support those type of sales.
0: I feel like all of entrepreneurship is just like a result of responding to shit that happens, especially when you don't have the experience. Both of us are like first generation entrepreneurs, right? So we're like figuring this shit out as we go. And I would love for you to share where that resilience comes from, from you, because, you know, I think, any of these incidents could be the thing that makes somebody be like, fuck, I can't handle this. This is too much. I give up. I quit. But that has not stopped you. You just figure it out. You learn the lesson. You keep it moving. What advice do you have for folks with regards to that?
2: Perseverance. Um, So I've been told by many people that the thing that they admire from me the most is my perseverance. Like I could be faced head on with a hurricane and I'm like, all right, bitch, we're ready for this. I feel like I don't scare away easily. You have to have really tough skin in the game to be able to succeed. Um, And I feel like everything that I've gone through in my life, like I have a story to share for another day, perhaps. But like, I've been through it all. I've been, I mean, I don't want to say poor, but I've been in so much poverty that I don't even have money for toilet paper while being eight months pregnant. So like, I know what the struggle is. I've been through a lot of hurdles. I've seen my mom suffer from cancer. I feel like everything that I've been through and just been able to accomplish and see the other side has always led me to believe like, well, if I survive that, I can do anything.
0: That is a Puerto Rican spirit, I think, though, too, right? Because you just see how every time something happens on the island, people will figure shit out. It's like there's nothing. There's nothing that can stop us. And I feel like that's just kind of genetically programmed in us. And so that's just how we show up in the world.
2: Oh, for sure. You know, like I grew up in the island, right? So now being in Buffalo, whenever there's a hurricane and whatnot, I remember from Maria, I mean, ob- obviously, we were all devastated. But at the same time, I remember feeling guilty for not being more worried because I saw everyone around me freaking out. And I'm like, they're fine. They're probably drinking a beer right now, you know, a warm beer, <laughs> not not even a cold beer. They're probably drinking a warm beer right now, you know, just trying to figure shit out. And they come together as a community and help each other out. And I was there. I was there for quite a bit of hurricanes myself. So I remember how it goes. Not that we weren't devastated, but more like I knew that we were going
0: to survive this. I just had that faith. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I would love to know some of your advice for new entrepreneurs that are trying to figure out like what that thing is going to be for them. What are your best tips to figure that out?
1: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
0: Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online store shop phase to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, did we just hit a million order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Go to shopify.com slash dinero now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash dinero.
2: So now that I've been through it all, because I have been in that position of seeking the shiny object syndrome. By being an entrepreneur, I feel at heart at a very young age. I've tried many, many businesses before. Like, this is not my first rodeo. And people that know me for a long time, they know. They're like, Myra, what are you up to now? What are you into now? The key for me was taking a break and taking a step back and taking a deep look inside. And what is it that thing that gets me excited what is that one thing that even if I don't get paid for it, I'm going to do anyway, because I love it so much. I think that was a key to finding what I really wanted for myself. And just, I mean, there's a lot of work to do when it comes to mindset, when it comes to personal development, but always keeping going at it and being persevering, like not giving up because you don't see anything happening. Because again, I've been planting seeds for all my life. Now people may see like, oh, Myra came out of nowhere and has this business. I know I didn't come out of nowhere. (laughs) I've been hustling all my life. And every single time I made a mistake or I committed a failure, or I jumped into another business and failed. I learned something and I gained something.
0: That is the key, y'all. I feel like half of the battle of entrepreneurship is just continuing to show up when you don't necessarily 100% believe that shit's going to work out. It's kind of just like you got to give yourself permission to keep showing up. So I want to know, because you're also a mom, right? And up until recently, you're working full time. You're running this business. How, ma'am, how? Tell us the secrets for balance if it exists, because that's one of the questions I get more than anything, especially from working parents. They're like, first of all, where am I going to find the time? How am I actually going to carve out space to build this business when I'm out here trying to be all the things to everybody else? What's your best advice there?
2: Well, I have a couple of advices. The first thing that came to mind, allow yourself to cry. If you have time to break down one day and just cry and let it all out, that allows you to get up again and be like, all right, I'm all set. I'm ready to roll again. Because we tend to hide many things. And like you said, something key there was is always serving other people, always serving other people. When do you serve yourself? So- The way I serve myself is I always, in the morning I wake up, the first thing I do is I do my meditation, I do my prayer, I thank God, and I do my appreciation. So that right there, I set the intention for the rest of the day where I'm. no matter what happens, I'm going to be thankful and grateful for what's going on during the day. So that is part of self-care right there. Because if you just roll out of bed and you're in the hustle mode, right away, you kind of threw out the door, the self-care piece. So then I tackle my day, you know, one thing at a time. I write myself lists. All right, this is what needs to be done today. But also I don't beat myself up for what didn't get done. If it didn't get done, I will still take my time to make dinner for the family. And I'm still going to make time at night to just Netflix and chill. Like I'm not going to sacrifice my self-care for anything. And when I do that, I actually open up more time and more energy to actually get things done. So you have to do some sacrifices. It's not like it's, oh, it's all easy peasy. You know, I don't have weekends when everyone is hanging out and having parties. Like I barely go out anymore. I go out maybe once a month. So it's an everyday grind for
0: sure. Absolutely. It's one of those things that, you know, I understand why some people are like, nah, I don't want to have my own business because you really never turn it off, right? When you're in a corporate job, nine to five, you can leave work at work usually. But when you're an entrepreneur, that shit follows you everywhere. It's just, it becomes part of your life, becomes an extension of who you are. And some people love it. And some people are like, nah, and that's okay. But I feel like when it's meant for you, you can't think of anything else. The alternative of going back to working for somebody else, it's just not an option. So you love it or you hate it. And it's okay. Either way.
2: I mean, I agree because I don't mind it. Every single time I travel, like shit hits the fan. Like there hasn't been a time where I leave town where like something happens, like the printer broke or like we sold out and it's crazy and we don't
0: have enough Sazon. Like, I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Those are good problems to have though, right? So at the end of the day, it's like, you know that your business is doing something because there's a demand for it. And, you know, speaking of that shit hitting the fan when you travel. So I'm assuming you have a team now, you have some people working for you.
2: Funny enough, so I have my boyfriend
0: that works for free. (laughs) Hello, the best labor.
2: (laughs) Oh my God, this man, like, yeah, he he definitely deserves some sort of something, like compensation, but yeah, he just gets it done. And then I have his daughter that lives with us. So she does all my order fulfillment for me. What does that look like? The order fulfillment? Yeah. You know, I have her trained, you know, she's been doing it for almost two years now. So basically she, you know, we have a designated computer and set up for the order fulfillment she prints all the orders for the day shipping labels you know we have all the inventory in the house by the way so
0: (laughs) we have a garage or some shit or girl
2: it's all over the house so part of the living room is where the computers are at for like all the printing stuff and then I have like when you walk into the house there's like a room that's supposed to be like receiving room no that's my office with all the products looks like a little store and then we have an upstairs bedroom that's like the warehouse. So we have to be hauling up and down all the products every single time we get an order. Wow. I mean, not an order, we get like a big order.
0: And when is shipping day that you go and take the stuff to the post office or whatever?
2: Every day. <laughs> really, you're going every single day. Holy shit. Every single day there's there's orders going out. I do schedule them with the post office. um it all depends, but yeah, we my son sometimes goes and takes them like it I don't care if you're in the house and there's packages need to go out. Can you go to the post
0: office before you go to work? Look, everybody is benefiting from this business, so everybody's gonna have a hand in this shit. I'm here for that <laughs> energy, <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> That is so much fun. And I can't wait to hear like, what's next? What's the next vision for you? I imagine, you know, you're thinking a warehouse, you're thinking a whole production line, you're thinking about a third party manufacturer. Tell me what the vision is for the next phase of your business. (sighs)
3: So
2: yeah, the next phase of the business. So I am working now into getting into retail. It's kind of exciting, but it's kind of scary at the same time because I got to be honest, I have no idea how I'm going to be able to supply to stores.
0: Oh, yeah. You're going to have to outsource that to actual, like,
3: manufacturing.
2: So I'm working with an agency, and I like the way he put it, because we think kind of like, that's why I chose them. And he was like, it's okay, we'll figure out when we get there. I'm like, okay, that's
0: how I roll anyway, so we'll just figure (laughs) it out when we get there. Yeah, that is so exciting. I want to know, have you been paying yourself from the business or have you been like reinvesting everything up until this point? Yeah, I've been
2: bootstrapping everything. I have not been paying myself the little tad bits that I have paid myself, which I don't mind is the travel. So I have the business pay for all the events and all the travel. And if, you know, if I need a hotel, if I need a car and I love traveling, so it's a win-win. So that's the only pay that I've ever had is just those kind of events.
0: Right. Now that's going to change, obviously, because now you're going into this full time.
2: Yes. So I wanted to see, as per usual, since I started the business, I need to see results first. And I give myself minimum a year. All right. If this year this is consistent, then we can do this. If this year this is consistent, we're going to do this. And that's what I've been doing. And it's been since last year, I planned it out. I'm like, all right, we're ready. The business is ready. And then I know that once I'm full time, it'll allow me to do so much more. I can myself, I can go into retailers and start pitching Healthy Rican. You know, now I have time to start taking like the women owned business certifications. I have time to go through like filling out grants and sometimes it requires taking classes. So I haven't had time to do any of that. And with all this extra time, I'll be able to do that and also put out more content, which people have been asking me for. So Mm -hmm.
0: you have a lot of work cut out for you, but I feel like this is the time to start doubling down. I'm curious if you can share with us, what have been your gross revenue and sales since you started Healthy Recon? So I'm
2: going to share because I feel like why not if it can inspire some other people? So... In 2020, we sold two thousand dollars, which is when we started in July. In 2021, we sold seventy five thousand dollars, and last year, 2022, we sold a
0: hundred and sixty thousand dollars. Holy shit! Talk about scaling. <laughs> That's amazing. Would you have any projections for this year at this point? So
2: at this point, we're still continuing, you know, we're still on track for the six figures. I think we will hit the 250. So it's pretty good because, I mean, when you see the low margins of each product, I have to sell a lot of seasonings to get there. You know, Mm -hmm. we're not in the business where we're selling a hundred at a time or a thousand at a time. So every time I get a sale, I'm at awe, you know, like it still gets to me like, wow, people are trusting this brand. They trust me to supply it and they support it, they support the vision. And I think part of that is because I've been sharing since before I started. And I feel like I brought people on this vision with me where they feel part of it. They're like, oh, yes, we're rooting for Healthy Rican.
0: Yeah, because they've been invested in the journey since the beginning.
2: And they know, like, that's why they support. So I am always super appreciative of where this is taking us because I always say this is not just for me. Like, Healthy Rican is not just for me so I can get rich or whatever and buy a house. Like, I don't know. Like, that's not the way I see it. The way I see it is we're going to create an impact. We're going to create a change in the food industry, supply and demand. You know, we're going to demand now better food. For our schools. Like, I have so many plans and visions for kids, you know, start working with Boys and Girls Club and be able to supply healthier alternatives for kids and families. Right.
0: Mm. So, I really love that vision, Myra. And the vision is like so solid and it really speaks to only somebody from our community could have this kind of impact because you come from a place of like, obviously, you understand. The cultural importance of us being able to cook our own food, but make it in a way that is not going to cause us autoimmune issues or cancer, or Alzheimer's and, you know, all these things that a lot of these food additives like dyes and MSG have been found to cause. Right. So you have to be from our community, first off, to understand why this is important. And then to want to have the impact that you want to have, like it's obvious you're not just doing this for money. You're doing this because you want to leave a legacy, because you want to have impact, because you want to make a change. And I think that's the best type of entrepreneur where it's coming from a true place of service. And it might sound, you know, from an outsider looking in, oh, she's just selling seasonings. Nah, it's really way more than that. It's really so much more than that. You're helping people evoke memories that come with our food. You're helping people make better decisions about their health, which is not something that we talk a lot about in the Latino community in general, and you're doing it from a place of authenticity. So I find you to be so incredibly inspiring. And I know that folks are going to want to support, they're going to want to know where can we buy healthy Rican products? What type of products do you have up till this point? Cause I know you're not just selling other ones. Hason. So first off, tell us what kind of products you have, where we can find them and all the socials, all that stuff.
2: So I have the regular adobo, which is made with pink Himalayan salt. I have a salt-free adobo for folks that don't want any type of salt in their food. I have the sazon, which is also completely salt-free. It's just for color and flavor. I have the dehydrated sofrito, which you can use multi-purpose. This is the the all-in-one seasoning, basically, and it's also salt-free. And then I have the new savory spice mix which I created so that the younger generation doesn't lose its culture. So I created this for people that don't know what to do when it comes to seasonings and cooking. You can just add this and that's it. It's going to give it a sabor. Right. I always say it'll give you the abuela's cooking flavor without (laughs) the abuela.
0: (laughs) I love that. And where can we find the products?
2: So you can find them at Com. We're also on Amazon too. So we're consistently creating bundles on Amazon. And yeah, that would be it. And healthy Reek and um, all social media.
0: Okay. So TikTok, Instagram, all the things. I am just so excited to continue to watch you grow. I want to wish you the best of luck now in your full-time entrepreneurship journey. Please keep us posted on what the next steps are when you make it into retail, because I know it's going to happen. You know, just thank you for showing up for our community, because this could have just been something that you do for yourself. You do it in your home you didn't share with nobody. It would have been great for you from an individual perspective just to be able to have that. But the fact that you decided to show up and share and I'll make this accessible to everybody, I think that's why we do what we do. So,
3: so thank you for being here.
2: Thank you. No, thank you for having me.
3: If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you are
0: ready to take your dinero to the next level, sign up for our free 14-page guide, The Financially Lit Latina, The Ultimate Blueprint for Becoming Poderosa with Your Dinero. This 14-page guide includes our best tips on money mindset, budgeting, debt repayment, career, investing, financial independence, side hustles, and more. And you can get it completely free. So to get your copy of the Financially Lit Latina, just head over to yoquierodineropodcast.com slash start. That's yoquierodineropodcast.com slash start and start transforming your dinero story today. Until next time, stay empowered, Stay inspired and stay poderosa.